church sign of the day. Duct tape is good, but three nails fixes everything. Oh, snap. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I feel like that could be its own separate podcast. The church signs among us. <laughs> There's got to be like just a list somewhere of good uh Hold on. What marquee? Marquee church marquee? Yeah. Sayings. Right. I think that there's this <clears throat> church sign generator to where you, it's it, it'll just let you put anything that you want to like onto a f- image of a church sign. Yeah. And that's cheating. Right. It only counts if you really saw it and either took a picture of it or can can report on it. Well, I think it only also really counts if you thought of it yourself, you know. Right. You don't get to look those sorts of things just up in a book or that's right online they should be inspired Welcome to episode 17 of Deuterocanons. I'm Justin, and with me, as always, is Byron. Party on, Justin. Party on, Byron. Well, if there's one thing that I think that we we all can agree on is that church signs have caused a lot of suffering. And we're not going to be talking about church signs anymore, (laughs) (laughs) to my knowledge, unless any more come up. But we are going to be talking about suffering, which is not exactly a, a cheerier subject, but... Um, here we are laughing. Here, here we are. Here we are laughing. You either laugh or you cry. So here's the first question. Oh, all right. <laughs> Name it. some of the great heroes of the Bible. You know, this is a really good question because I've actually, uh, and I guess I should make you aware of this since you might be teaching for me, <clears throat> but I uh, started something new downstairs, um, and I thought about doing this before. But I was telling the kids, I'm like, you know, we've done a lot of like study kind of about recently, like where the Bible came from. Mm-hmm. And I wish there was more time for that. But I, I really and this is kind of on the advice of uh, one Trey Judd. He made a good point. He's like, you know, what they really just need is to know what's in it. Yeah. And so I was like, let's do all the kids Bible stories. But like <coughs> the PG-13 version that you didn't get or the what the Bible actually says version. Correct. Not that, like, I'm not casting aspersions on Sunday school. Right. However, there are some details that don't necessarily make their way into the standard Sunday school curriculum or Sunday school narration of the events. Well, like, we did the story of Gideon Sunday, right? Good one. Oh, I just said right. Not off to Strike good, one. Not off to a good start here. I'm trying to be more precise with my speech. Or at least less prone to using filler words or filler word you know maybe it's your fault maybe you're not enough of an active listener and i don't feel like you're paying attention i doubt that (laughs) (laughs) i tried anywho so we're learning about gideon and um of course once they catch up to the uh uh amalekites or man which one was it it was it was it was a mix of eastern peoples actually that, that that he they they went after um and so once they caught up to the leaders, they cut off their heads and brought them back to Gideon to like prove that they were dead. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like the probably not the version you get on Veggie Tales. No, or the bit about David and Goliath dragging the head through the street. Th- there was that, but but even the way that the rock interacts with Goliath's head. Mm-mm. I I had always thought. I mean, up until you I thought was, it was just like dunk, and then. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, that, like, the rock like really knocked him out cold, right? But it says that the rock sank into his forehead, Nasty. which is a slightly different ballistic picture. Anywho, okay, here we go. Heroes, yeah, not heroes. All right. Um, I mean, you're talking you like you could say one or two or three. Are you talking like sword wielding, <laughs> slaying bad guy heroes, or like people uh, I mean, that we look up to? Because obviously, people we look up to, regardless of, uh the person's level of military service. All right. So Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, Gideon, Samson, um, 
Oh, okay. Oh, go ahead. Keep going. <laughs> Elijah and Elisha. In fact, we were talking about because the people that Gideon was going after were they were worshiping Baal, which we also seen that interaction before. Which is odd, by the way. We don't talk about. Well, that's you know I'm going to save that one. That one's for me. I'm going to use that on maybe the next one. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but of course Elisha, you know, he also had an interaction with people who who worship Baal. Um, he also had some interaction with some young men who decided to mock his <clears throat> amount of hair on his head. I don't remember that one. Ooh. So okay, I'll, I'll just sit on that one too. Okay. Like I'll just tantalize you. Uh, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. Let me just do an Old Testament. I mean, this is like Rhodes Gallery of Heroes. Okay. Is that is that enough? That, that, no, that's great. Okay. So here here's my question. Think about a few of them, or even just one of them. What stands out to you about, say, Daniel? Daniel stood up for what was right. Okay. Oh, I also forgot Joshua. Joshua. And Moses. And Joseph. Er, yeah. Yeah. Moses. I said Moses, didn't I? Did no. you? I don't know. Maybe I wasn't being an active listener. Maybe I wasn't. Maybe I didn't. All right, so Daniel uh, stood up for what was right, you know. Okay. What about... <clears throat> um, I shouldn't say um either, should I? Just... I won't. Fight through it. Fight through it. Mm -hmm. What about Abraham? What stands out to me about Abraham? Yeah, just Abraham? like 30,000 feet. Um, I guess obeyed God even though it was later in life and it didn't really <coughs> make sense by the world standards. Okay, good. What about Joshua? Joshua. Um... What stands out about him? I mean, I guess just he had a lot of responsibility, particularly coming in, living in, like coming after Moses, right? So let's take a look at Hebrews 11, because I'll, most of the people you mentioned show up in Hebrews 11. And as, as I was thinking about uh, this week and, and just things that have been on my mind, <clears throat> Lately, I've been I've been listening to, to Hebrews a decent bit, and you know you you were talking about the Sunday school version of stories as opposed to the full context, right? And that that might those might be important things to know, or they they are important things mm -hmm. to know. Hebrews eleven, we usually think of it as you know the the Hall of Fame of faith or you know something like that which it is, but as I was listening to it <clears throat> recently, some other things struck me. So I'd like to actually um, go halvesies on Hebrews, yeah, Hebrews 11. Okay. And uh, could you take, <clears throat> you know what, uh, let's just do it by paragraph to keep it spicy. Okay. Assuming that our paragraphs are the same. Do you have a paragraph break after verse 2? I do. Okay. We're probably the same. Okay. Take us away. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, <clears throat> it is impossible to, believe, to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. 
He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. Oh, you have a paragraph break there? Okay. I do. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he is as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. By faith, Abraham, when God tested him, offered Isaac as a sacrifice. He who had embraced the promises was about to sacrifice his one and only son, even though God had said to him, It is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead, and so in a manner of speaking he did receive Isaac back from death. By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to their future. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. By faith, Joseph, when, when his end was near, spoke about the exodus of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. By faith, Moses, <coughs> Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the people had marched around them for seven days. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, <coughs> who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured and refused to be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging while still others were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and in caves and holes in the ground. These were all commended for their faith. Not yet one of them received what had been promised, since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us would they be made perfect. So I, I, I suppose what I should have said they had in common, or what, was faith the word you were looking for earlier? Well, I knew that we were going there, right. and so I wasn't fishing specifically for faith. Although, I, like, I would say that that's... That was the common thread of the more specific things that you said. Yeah. The more specific generalities, <laughs> if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. Specific generalities. Specific generalities. Right. Well, rather than a, a single word that brings all those people together, you made generalities about their individual lives. Well, and the obedience of each of them, I mean, required faith. Yes. Given the circumstances. So when I've when I've read through Hebrews 11 or or heard lessons or sermons taught on it it's come across to me and and this this might be totally my fault as a kind of raw raw type of deal right isn't it the hall of fame of faith yeah exactly right this is a a very FCA friendly mm -hmm. type of I don't know if anybody out there is familiar with FCA fellowship of 
Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I was involved in it in college, and uh, okay. I, I mean, I'm, I'm really glad about that. Like, mm-hmm. it was a good ministry. But tends to, well, I don't think that ours necessarily did where I was, but typically it focuses on athletes. And so there's a whole lot of athletically themed messages, lessons, material. I mean, Christian athletes, after all, yeah. fellowshipping together mm-hmm. a lot of sports metaphors right so the sports metaphor here is yeah hall of fame of faith and while these people are obviously praised i think that some other things about them come out so if you could say aside from faith what's something that they have in common they're all hebrews <laughs> <laughs> they all appear in the book of Hebrews. They they do. Um, Which we might have to have a talk sometime about who wrote Hebrews. But not tonight. It would just be fun. Um, I guess, you know, like they were all persecuted in one way or another. They all did these things despite, like, like, like it says here at the end, they were all commanded, commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. So, they all did this with the hopes of of a Christ coming, but they never they didn't actually get to experience it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I you, get... you people don't know what it's like sitting in this chair every week with him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just... Nailed it. He sp- he spoke and drank rapidly a glass of water. That's the last line from some E. e. Cummings poem, the title of which I don't really remember because it wasn't capitalized. <laughs> e. 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 That's just not a thing that he did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so are you telling me that I can make a Green Beret sweat? <laughs> I find that hard to believe. This is hardly advanced interrogation. It's not that you make me sweat. It's just I feel like, you know... You ask tough questions, and I don't. I feel like a lot of pressure to to tell you what you're looking for. <laughs> no, I'm not necessarily looking for one thing in particular. I'm enough of an English teacher to know that there are multiple correct answers. Which well, that's is... good because I can't seem to give you the one thing you're looking for. Oh, come on! <laughs> I'm really interested in knowing what you think, and, and actually, well, I'll tell you what. Like when you read this part here too, flogging being sawed in half. Like, phew, talk about the. Uh, the version we don't typically typically get, right? So, um, I'll tell you what else was interesting, I thought, though, was this part where, when he's talking about Moses, he res- he regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Like, was Moses regarding anything for the sake of Christ? I think he was. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it, it says it, <clears throat> but, man, I, I need the... Maybe some of our friends slash family online can give us a reference for that. Or maybe you do yeah, in, your, in your study Bible. I, I didn't bring my study Bible tonight. Let's see what it says right here. For the sake of Christ, although Moses' understanding of the details of Israel's promised future was extremely limited, he chose to be associated with the people through, through whom that future was to be realized. The author of Hebrews here concretizes that future in the person of the Messiah he is proclaiming as the one through whom God has guaranteed the promised future. So let's see if I got a verse here. Like, I don't I don't know chapter and verse, but Moses B. prophesied that after him would arise one like him. Mine references <laughs> Luke fourteen thirty three. Luke fourteen thirty three. Yeah, I thought there would be like an old testament reference. Luke fourteen thirty three says in the same way any of you who does Luke fourteen thirty three. Eleven twenty right right next to the word Christ is B and then yeah, Luke fourteen thirty three. Okay, it says in the same way any of you who does not give up everything he has cannot be my disciple. Okay, so that's maybe it's saying that Moses gave everything up. Right. Which you you could you could say that. It also references <laughs> what is this for? C reward. Hebrews ten thirty five. I don't know if that really helps. Well, again, the the verse that, that I was thinking of regarding Moses was that he did prophesy that someone would come after him who would be uh, greater than he was, but, mm-hmm. but like him. 
and yeah, I just don't have yeah. the reference. I don't either for that. But I, I I do think that there's enough evidence in, in the scriptures. In fact, also um, when we when we look at Jesus on the road to Emmaus with the those two disciples, whoever they were, he it does say that he started with Moses in in revealing everything that that the Hebrew scriptures said about him when he was talking to was it clopas was that the name oh yeah cleopas cleopas and, and, and the other one that's not named yes yeah. that's right so moses did back to what you were saying about being sawed in half and uh wondering about in the desert sheepskins, goat skins persecuted mistreated honestly that part was not i don't remember that being much of a focus and in a, in a lot of the the teaching that i've heard about this mm-hmm. chapter so you have the faith on the one hand but it doesn't seem to be exactly a raw raw feel good thing it right. seems a lot more visceral and life and death yeah than than all that and, and again like going back to well same same thing right when we talk about the Canaanite conquest, you know, sometimes we get this very uh, first century picture of Judaism where it's established and they, they live in one place. Like we, we forget the nomadic nature of them early on, but then also just that warrior culture that they had because they were going from place to place. You know, I mean, they were they were feared. There were armies ahead of them that had heard about the victories they already had and, and were brokering deals to not so as to not be destroyed Mm -hmm. right and then also um but then the hardships they they endured when because when you look at the gideon situation uh this being one more recent ones i've looked at um the israelites were living in the hills hiding out because they had once again disobeyed god Mm -hmm. um and so you know they were essentially uh i mean persecuted yes but but not even like enslaved persecuted they are uh like like it was saying here living in holes in the ground just trying not to be be killed off right. so and that's like, like you said we don't we don't typically get that like you said it's usually this rah rah look at all these faithful people mm-hmm. but it's the suffering i think is why it's significant right right or or we have these more or less disconnected vignettes that are mostly from sunday school Take Daniel, for example, one of the ones that that you had mentioned. Okay, so if you think about Daniel, there was the lion's den thing. And that was basically no big deal because God shut the mouth of the lions. Mm -hmm. Or not necessarily involving Daniel, but at least in that book, you have Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they got thrown into the fiery furnace, but that was mostly okay because there was a fourth man in the fire and the dudes weren't even singed. Mm Mm-hmm. Or um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, and it was really no big deal that Nebuchadnezzar said he was going to kill all of the wise men, seers, whatever. But then you know Daniel comes in and he he just he prays and he gets the answer. I think we forget the fact that days were twenty four hours long back then. Mm-hmm. And that something that might take a single verse in the scriptures, there could be tons of time, mm-hmm. d- downtime, oh, yeah. activity that we we don't know about. And I think we lose the humanity of the situation and therefore all of the difficulties and anxieties that would go into that. And so... We're simultaneously not sufficiently impressed by the reality of their of their faith in God, nor the depth of their of their troubles. Well, because, and I think this is where you're going with this. But like when we hear the story of Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it's unique because. Daniel was thrown in the lion's den and lived. How many unnamed Hebrews were thrown into the lion's den for for whatever reason? Yeah. Right? 
And so if you if you look at even even Jesus, like like it's like we tend to forget that like this type of persecution was commonplace, and so that's why these stories are exceptional because there's so many people who who did suffer things like this and and didn't live to tell about it. And I, I mean, I guess we should know that because Jesus was was crucified in exchange for Barabbas, so who was another Jew had, who had caused some trouble. And so, like these are things that were going on fairly regularly in mm-hmm. in these diff- different times. And and why they're significant is because, you know. This wasn't an anomaly. It wasn't like people didn't have to worry about being thrown in fiery furnaces and lion's dens. I, I imagine these were things that were fairly commonplace. And so what's significant is that somebody like Daniel, you know, lives to tell about it, I guess. Right. He knows the consequences and trusts God anyway. Like, and I know I know that's that's a, a little bit cliche. Right. But if you if you combine that with and this is really cliche also, but if we put ourselves in their shoes mm-hmm. or if we think about, okay, a situ, what would that look like now? And, and how, how would we do that? So with Daniel, you pray only to the King or we're throwing you in the lion's den. Mm-hmm. So let's say, and, and, and we know they mean it. Because we didn't just—they have a lion's den. They have a lion's den, right? Exactly. They didn't—they didn't construct this lion's den for the purposes of threatening Daniel. This is a means of capital punishment that they use. So I must—I imagine it's the same for the fiery furnace. Like the fiery yeah. furnace was probably also getting used. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like a custom job mm-hmm. for those particular infractions. Right. Let's say that a president, head of state, something like that, I don't know, health official, whatever, whoever has the power, says, you do not pray to God. We give you what you need. Hmm. For example, that that's still a little bit out there maybe. But if we see evidence that you are appealing for your necessities to anyone else, we are going to blockade your house mm-hmm. and you you don't like you don't get to go out. Mm-hmm. You don't get to go to the store. You don't get to go to work. Mm-hmm. Nobody can come give you anything. And you, we will assure, ensure that you have no access to the economy or basic necessities until you recant. Mm-hmm. There are some things that are getting a little bit close to that. Yeah. So since, like, we're not we're not quite there, but we've probably heard heard stories about um, churches being shut down and, and ministers jailed mm-hmm. in places in the Western Hemisphere. Yeah. But think about the the the, the anxiety that that you you would go through. It's like, okay, is is this is this really the the time? You know, like we we've heard about things like this before. I'm Daniel had heard about, I'm sure, people who had suffered for the sake of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Elijah, Elisha. The, the way that, that Ahab and Jezebel came after them. Um, Daniel was not the first one to suffer. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not the first ones to suffer. So we know these stories. And then when circumstances coalesce, the thought process and, and like wondering, okay, is is this really what it's going to come down to? And it I mean, is, can we, and, and we can assume that those aren't the only four Hebrews in all of Babylon, or Persia, depending on when it is, right? Because Darius was was it Darius was Persian, and Nebuchadnezzar was Babylonian, or something like that. Yes, yeah, yeah. Darius the Mede, right? But so, point being though that like they're they're four of several, multiple hundreds, thousands, probably. Yeah, Hebrews that are uh, have been relocated to this area. And so, I mean, I, I'm curious, you know, you got to wonder if, 
if there was anybody else who was trying to be faithful like Daniel was and was, I mean, I guess, I don't know. We, we don't know that, right? It could be that they're pointed out because they were, all four of them were highly placed. Right. They were, that's true. <clears throat> they, they were, I believe at least Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were eunuchs. Mm-hmm. And they, they were part of the, uh, you know, they were selected for their intelligence and their uh, physical stature and all of that to be within the within the court. So maybe this is a, a decent time to bring up the title, which anybody who, who's listening has probably seen already. To him who overcomes. When we read about this Hall of Fame of Faith, it's not that they had just this inherent faith because they were just constantly building themselves up or because they were so smart or righteous or or holy separate from the situations that they were in. Their faith, so, so faith, okay, as opposed to what, or in the face of what, mm-hmm. and that's what you get when you read the whole the whole chapter. Mm-hmm. You, you you get the cer- a, a little bit about the circumstances, the extreme circumstances that 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 called for a level of faith without which their situations are, are not notable at all. Mm-hmm. To him who overcomes, overcoming what. Well, a lot of these would be direct persecution, but not all of them are. Abraham, for example, let's let's think about him. So what what was his faith standing up against? Comfort, maybe? Sure. D- yeah, say more. Well, I mean, he if I if I remember correctly, I mean, he he lived with his parents, right? And then God told him to go somewhere else to a place that I would sh- I'll show you. And uh That's kind of open-ended. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh go on. Yogi Berra once said, if you don't know where you're going, it, you'll probably end up somewhere else. <laughs> and obviously he's advanced in age as is his wife, and so um right, so it's not so much hardship, but maybe again comfort and maybe his knowledge of his circumstances, like I'm, I'm old, mm-hmm. you know, Gosh, I shouldn't be moving. I should be settling down. And they weren't going to take this retire. Like this wasn't a retirement trip in an RV. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't, I don't recall where they were and where they were going, but again, it doesn't matter. They were walking, they were hoofing it for sure. And even if they were riding camels, which I don't think that they set out solely by themselves. Lot came with them, mm-hmm. and it, it seems that that there was, you know, an entourage, servants, possessions, which, which things means of you that move, nature. Move all the more slower, though. Yes. Could you imagine? I mean, you know, recently, how difficult it is to move. <laughs> yeah. It's somewhat of a disaster, mm-hmm. even for wonderfully organized people such as you and your wife it's still a monumental undertaking well they were just the the sheer logistics of moving themselves their possessions all of all these people you know out of where they were over in Ur um, kind of west and then south Mm -hmm. down along down along the coast. Yeah, because Ur is like Iraq territory, I think, isn't it? No? Yeah, it's up there in the Fertile Crescent. Right. I mean, like, between the, the rivers. Mm-hmm. So what else? <clears throat> what, what what else was he up against? Let me let me jump on that, too, because we, yeah. did, we did, when we first did our map study with the kids downstairs, I did the story of Jonah, and one of the things I pointed out to them is, <clears throat> you know, it says that he, he uh, I'm trying to remember where he started out, but he went down to Joppa, which... Mm-hmm happens to be south west of where he was up near the Sea of Galilee, but is also downhill. But we kind of calculated the distance, and it was about a day's walk down to Joppa. And then, of course, he's getting on a boat and going out to uh, 
Tarshish, I believe it was, in Spain. Mm-hmm. Tarshish, is that right? That's right. As opposed to going to Nineveh, which would have been like a, it's like 5,000 miles or something crazy. I don't, I don't know how much it is, but it's like months of walking. So there's a part of me that wow. wonders, part of me that wonders if he's like, you want me to go where? <laughs> <You know? laughs> because again, uh, I mean, just, and that's, that's, that may be even relatively unencumbered for a trip like that. It really, I, I guess to your point, like this is no, this is no small thing you're asking, right? Basically walk from, yeah. So Tigris, Euphrates, like river valleys. So, so Iraq, Syria territory over to Israel. I mean, I've done a lot, spent a lot of time in that part of the world. And like you drive, we're driving large distances everywhere just within the countries we're in. Like, I can't imagine walking in that terrain by myself, let alone dragging kids and children and, you know, all of your earthly possessions along with you. Like, it's just, it's crazy. Now, of course, part of that Abraham didn't have to worry about. How so? Kids. Oh, right. Duh. <laughs> right. Which is another thing that he was up against. Mm-hmm. God promised to make him... Uh, a, a nation, your descendants will be as numerous as a seashore. I mean, the sand in the, on the seashore, as numerous as the stars in heaven. And he's, you know, knocking on 90. Mm-hmm. His wife, well past childbearing age. That's something real to be up against. Mm-hmm. But if we don't remember those details from the story we aren't as impressed as we should be with their faith. Mm -hmm. And simultaneously, we don't, like we don't have enough respect for them. And we aren't as encouraged as we could be Mm -hmm. by them. I think that, yeah, our encouragement, the effect it has on us can only grow in correlation with the way that we try to think about the details and difficulties to the best of our ability that the things we know about their lives would mm-hmm. nece- would necessarily and logically entail. Yeah. And if we can just hop in a car and be four, uh, 400 miles away, you know, in half a day, mm-hmm. we don't get it. No. If we can open the, the tap on a faucet and have clean, mostly potable water. Right. We, we don't, we don't get it. Mm-hmm. If we have never had to face death because or if, if we don't remember that these people, several of them actually faced death because they believed that God talked to them and they wouldn't turn their backs on that. You know, we, we don't, we don't get it. Mm-hmm. So to him who overcomes. So what about what about now? I, I already kind of in, invited us to think about <clears throat> bringing some of those circumstances, <clears throat> excuse me, into our our day and time. So if we know some of the things that, that they had to overcome, what exactly do we have to overcome? Mm. And and you can be as general or as specific as as you as you like. I think the biggest deterrent for most people now is um, the perception, maybe at least. Although we see it play out, the fact that that people will come for your livelihood if you step out of line. Hmm. You know. Um, which is a somewhat recent development right uh and so uh, although there are cer- certain circumstances recently should you choose to place yourself in them you me- might need to fear physical harm but a lot of mm-hmm. that you know this kind of comes back to what i've said before about living out here where a lot of the things that are happening in these urban centers um really only affect us i suppose generally like like we see what's going on and it's and it's concerning but doesn't immediately impact us i mean you know maybe geographically um 
So, so unless you choose to put yourself in those cir- circumstances, like you're not going to suffer any physical harm. But that's that's the thing, and kind of I talked about this on Sunday, just the 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 evils of the internet and the reach that it gives um, man, certainly, and, and Satan definitely, uh, maybe via via man and the internet, mankind, people, humans. Uh, you know, they can come after you in any number of ways. And so I guess that's that would be my first point, my, my okay. first thought. But playing off of that a little bit, have you heard the uh, the term influencer? Like a so, uh, like a social media influencer? Social media influencer. Yeah. What do you think about that? C- can you tell us what that is? I mean, these are these large personalities that that get on the internet and and say things and people are influenced by them. I guess I'll jump on that word influence specifically because in the army, the definition of leadership is influencing others to accomplish the mission by providing purpose, direction, motivation while accomplishing the mission, improving the organization. And I always tell, I got taught. Is there an acronym for that? No. (laughs) What I got taught a long time ago is the verb in that sentence is influence because even in the military, like we can't make you do anything. And so ultimately you're, you're choosing to subject yourself to my influence and so uh, that's I, I think that's a, that's an important thing to realize as a soldier because particularly when we go to these different countries and, and wars being the ways the way are they are now where we're trying to to combat enemies via partners at the end of the day like these are not my soldiers they don't have to do what I say so I have to figure out how to influence them to do what I want them to do. Mm-hmm. And, and so, really, that applies to all our, all of our relationships. And you know, I've, I know I've said this to you before, um, but like, I am uninterested in continuing to interact with people who have children if I can't say to their children, "Do I need to talk to your dad about this?" and have that matter. Hmm. Now, to a certain degree, and so that's why your job would be very frustrating to me. However, I also realize that because I've seen this before in my own life where. I can develop enough rapport with a kid that they care more about what I think than what their parents think, mm-hmm. potentially, which is sad. Yeah. And so in, in that regard, I can have more influence than they can. And so in the pulpit, again, I mentioned this the other day, there are influencers on the Internet, on YouTube specifically, who kids feel like understand them better than their families do. And that's what we're going up against. Yeah, that, that's something that, that I've had, had in my head since since you said that. Because like I know the kids that I'm around on a daily basis have a pretty thick diet of social media. Yeah. Whether that's YouTube, TikTok, Snapchat, so much, so much going into them. I don't know how they can possibly... <clears throat> make sense of it all or recognize that there's viral messaging mm-hmm. that is intentionally designed to make them think certain things it, um th- things that their parents probably don't know about mm-hmm. things that I mean that they themselves don't don't know about assumptions that, that are just uh, seeping in leaching into them uh like bpa out of a not out of a bpa laced plastic bottle Mm -hmm. you know how that was a big Mm -hmm. it's kind of a big thing to have a bpa free water bottle right because the bpa will do i don't know bad stuff to you and you don't want that in there but because it can like pollute you or give you some sort of disease or cancer or something without even knowing about it that's that's like this messaging stuff the influencing Mm -hmm. influence social media influencers even more than like the direct things that they say like what are the assumptions beneath them and how are those shaping on a very fundamental level the consciousnesses of children well, it's such an easy way for people to get access to so much information that just simply isn't true. Mm-hmm. That's so much of what we're hearing now. Um, probably a good, what's a good recent example of that? Um, man, I have one. I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it. 
So there's this controversy about how the modern police force, the history of that is rooted in uh, slave slave catchers. Okay. Not true. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. It's not. I mean, we are the first police on this continent were constables, which was it, which is which comes from the constable system that the British had. Anyways, there's a lot of history that that points to that not being true, but the, but but this is what is being spouted on the internet right now, that modern policing is rooted in racism that comes from slave catchers, you know, in the the postbellum South. I mean, it doesn't make sense for so many reasons because like there are police in Africa, they have police like we do. Are those rooted in slavery? Like, it, there's so many reasons it doesn't make sense, but this is what what people are saying, and they'll say things like, you know. And we know this to be true, blah, 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 without really offering any sources or whatever. And so, mm-hmm. again, kids get this in TikTok and Facebook and YouTube or whatever forums, and they just they just soak it up. And I've had so many, I've had a couple conversations now with people where they, they say these things as though they're, they are just fact. I mean, again, so many of them where a lot of the conversations I've had recently where people say things and it's like, you know, what you're saying is it's just, it's just not true. I don't know where you're hearing it from, but. Like what world are you living in? That's just it's just not true. <laughs> you know? It's like God said to Adam, Who told you that? Yeah. <laughs> Who told you that you were naked? Yeah. Of course, Adam was naked. Mm-hmm. But his realization of that was not actually a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And you you might even anyway, we we don't have to, to go down that that rabbit trail. But that's another thing that has to be overcome. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And more and more as, uh, there, there, there was a prophecy about, um, and I wish I could cite chapter and verse on this. Maybe some folks can, can help us out. And again, since I don't have my study Bible on me, um, about the, in the last days there there will be this explosion of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed that, that I don't have chapter and verse on that, so we'll have to check it out in the comments. But I, I see that as, as something that, that's happening. There is there is an explosion of how about we say content. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in a way we're a part of that, but I also agree with what you said on Sunday about the solution to pollution is dilution. Yep. Did I get that right? Correct. Man. Good. All right. I didn't want to get that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, <laughs> I I hope we're right because we're knee deep in it at this point probably. So the battle is not against flesh and blood, we're also told, but against rulers, um, powers, principalities of, of the power of the air. And... So if the the battle is is not necessarily in the in the physical realm and it's on the inside, then it makes sense that one of the, one of the primary things that we have to overcome would be lies. Mm-hmm. I think that that Hebrews eleven <clears throat> speaks to that. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. So there's there's a, a lot out there about that too. Mm-hmm. But they knew that that's what had happened because that was what they had received from the beginning, and and that that's that's where their that's where their their faith was. Like primarily, like the the foundation of, of all of these great people of faith was that God exists and that he really did create everything. Mm-hmm. And if, if we don't have that as our foundation, I don't know how we can overcome any of the other things that happen to come up, whether they be relocation, direct physical persecution, mm-hmm. propaganda, physical difficulties which which that that's that's a whole other that's a whole other thing like how 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 we how how do we deal with physical problems that's one of the things with with Abraham and Sarah certainly you know and i think 
and I feel like this is something you've been driving at lately. But a lot of it, again, if you go back to some of these other stories where these are God's chosen people, these are people that wandered the desert following the pillar, the, the cloud at, during the day and the pillar of fire at night, that saw water come from a rock, or at least their descendants did at some point. Uh, so we, again, we go back to the story of Gideon or Elijah or, or, or whoever. The many times where they turned from God and were worshiping these false idols, these these were God's chosen people. And again, either some of them at, at certain points saw these things firsthand or were immediate descendants of people who saw them firsthand, and yet they still, some of them lacked faith. And mm-hmm. so... Like this is the point. This is the point I was making that I think you are making. Like, if this gets hard, like, how many of us really mean it? Mm-hmm. Because it's easy to show up on Sunday morning or tune into a podcast once a week when when it's allowed, right? Yeah. But when this, if this were to become some sort of underground resistance and we're living in holes and being feared having to fear being either (laughs) being literally sawed in half or maybe metaphorically sawed in half i don't know what's that like being doxxed or something i don't know (laughs) oh man but you know like do we do we have the faith to persevere despite all that so aside from the things that you mentioned about, I, I guess, uh, being canceled or you know, livelihood threatened for for having faith in the Lord and maybe not submitting to some of the things that are going on currently. Is is there, is there anything else? You know, those things are are kind of more more recent. Mm-hmm. But is there anything about our society, like Western society? You know, in the in the last, I don't know. Let let's say, since the the Cold War, maybe eighties, nineties, on up through today, that that you see as being things that we have to overcome if we're going to actually live out our faith, or or things you know where okay, so the circumstance and the faith. You know, they they run into each other, and there there's friction. I, I mean, there. I think I don't know if this is what you're getting at, but I I think the next next big thing I think of is relationships. Okay. Um. I mean, you know, certainly, I, I'm sure you do. I definitely have things that I believe that. I've said this to Jessica recently when, and we should probably find this passage too, where it talks about you know, if you love your mother and your father more than me, that that yeah. whole thing, right? Like Jesus more, said that more and more I'm understanding what that means because you know there are people in my life who don't agree with the things that I think the Bible says and so it's like as if it's as if I'm having I'm finding myself in a place where it's like I and again I, this is speaking of somebody who was raised in the church right I, I didn't think I would ever have to be picking Jesus over my family I thought we were all kind of on the same page with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know um and so certainly there's issues like that to a greater degree with, with people in our population where, you know, I mean, name, name the, the topic right now. I mean, like I said the other day, a couple of years ago, I thought it was okay to think that men were men and were women, women were women, you know, and, and now that that is not the case. And so by virtue of standing up for that, I mean, look at this mess with, with, you know, women's sports and, and, uh, transgender, transgender males participating in women's sports and this, that, and the other, you know, and just again the persecution that you can suffer by trying to stand up for women in that capacity um whether it's in larger life but even also in again in your personal life because again i i know these things are these these conflicts are going on within households mm-hmm. you know something that, that that i've thought about lately is that people who don't that that we have a lot of made up problems, and that there are two ways that, that we might make up problems. Mm-hmm. One would be because we don't have real problems. Yeah. And number two is that if we do have real problems, we make up problems 
to deal with instead of the real ones that we don't want to deal with. Mm -hmm. So let me go back to Exodus real quick. So I'm reading that with the, uh, the younger guys who I have in class here. And so once Israel gets out of Egypt and they, they get to the Red Sea, they're hemmed in there. Here comes Pharaoh. They're like, all right, Moses, this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Did you bring us out here? Cause there weren't enough graves in Egypt. Is that, that really seems, I bet they were real sarcastic too. You know, think about all of the, uh, <laughs> think about all the amazing Jewish comedians, you know, of right. Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah Mel yeah. Brooks, Sasha Baron Cohen. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine those guys <laughs> in front of Moses yeah. telling them everything they think? I mean, yeah. Comedy Central roast of Moses yeah, yeah. as Pharaoh's chariots that's approach. That's great. I like that. <laughs> that's, the sen- that, that's the sense that I get. Mm-hmm. Of course, Moses prays, lifts his arms up, sea parts. You know, the wind comes, the sea, the sea parts. They walk through on the dry ground, which is just as much of a miracle as the parting of the sea in the first place. See, it comes. They, they all get through. Pharaohs, all of his dudes, they're 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 drowned. It's great. They sing a big song on the other side, and then they they get out there for about three days and didn't have any water. Mm-hmm. That's rough. Yeah, like that's a bad situation. And then on top of that, like Moses isn't even very intersectional. <laughs> Is that what you're getting at? <laughs> well just that when, when i re- when i read that story the people are grumbling against moses after three days of no water out in the desert that seems like a legitimate concern now maybe they approached it badly but i don't think there's anybody in the united states today who is going three days in the desert without water Right, that's my point. Nobody out there was going like, hey, this pillar of fire is cool and all, but like, what's it doing to the environment? Is oh. there is there a green solution to this? Because <laughs> they had real problems. This isn't a renewable cloud. <laughs> and then they go a while longer and they don't have food. Mm-hmm. They're like, how are we going to eat? We're star-. And it's it's enough time where it seems plausible that they've got real problems yeah we live in a in a place where we have clothing in abundance we have shelter in abundance we have all of the necessities of life in abundance as well as a whole lot of stuff that isn't that abraham wasn't packing Mm -hmm. from ur down to Canaan. Yeah. Even, I really like all these books, but he probably wasn't packing book. Maybe he had a few scrolls or something, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have even the, the, you know, the relatively small collection that that we have here. Man, like people just don't have any frame of reference. Mm Mm-mm. It seems like most of my kids at school, probably even myself for the most part, it's like, what, how are we going to be entertained? Mm-hmm. It's not like, what am I going to eat today? Yeah. Or I'm really concerned that my lack of clothing is going to lead to hypothermia and I'm going to fall asleep and not wake up. Right. It's just, what can I wear to be the most fashionable? Mm-hmm. What do I eat that's more what I want to eat than something else I don't really want to have to eat that's mm-hmm. on hand? Mm-hmm. Or what am I going to binge watch now? Yeah. Because the new season of whatever isn't coming out for another three months. Mm-hmm. And I already binge watched the previous season. I mean, I've got kids staying up until four in the morning. They they tell me. Mm-hmm. We've got a a lot that we have to overcome, things of of our own making. It's like we started with having to overcome things that were simply natural. Yeah. And now we've gotten to the point where 
all of the things that we've made to overcome the adversities of the natural world have created problems just as just as real right and so maybe we we just have to go back to Romans 12:1 and 2 therefore i urge you brothers in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to god this is your spiritual act of worship do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds then you will be able to test and approve what god god's will is his good pleasing and perfect will you know you get the sense from hebrews 11 that they weren't conforming to the pattern of the world mm-hmm. like however the world happened to look during abraham's day or samson's day or or moses's day you know that the, there 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 was there was something that the world had really off and the, these guys they were saying nope mm-hmm. no that's that's not what we're doing we're, we're doing this other thing because god says so mm-hmm. and that that set them apart and, and but that it set them apart and made them it made them targets well and god was constantly trying to break them of their conformity too cuz i keep coming back to this story but it's you learn so much from these when you go back through them mm-hmm. like you look at gideon he was from the, you know, most uh, the weakest clan of the weakest tribe of the, the entire nation of Israel, and look what God did with him. And so we look at that, or we look at Joseph, or when uh, Ephraim and Manasseh were, received their blessing, and that whole mix up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like there's so many situations where we see God. It's like God's trying to say, like, quit trying to do it your way, mm. you know, quit trying to do it the world's way, and uh, you know. I, I guess as you're talking to the thing I, I I was thinking of is the conversation we'd had before where it's do hard stuff, make your kids do hard stuff. Yeah. Because, or at least talk to them about it. I've had to talk to kids about this stuff downstairs where again, when we're talking about walking, like I've, I've done 25 milers before, you know, as part of our training. Um, and so, and, and like the, the kind of the army standards, 12 miles in three hours with 35 pounds. The sound sounds all messed up again, doesn't it? Uh, it's not. It's not as bad as before, but I, I do hear some, yeah. some background stuff. Uh, anyways, and so when we were doing that kind of thought exercise, I was able to give them a little insight on that because I've I've walked those distances before, and also had to think about like, hey, if I want to have this, I have to carry it. <laughs> yeah. But you know, and so we can have these conversations with them, but also, you know, the way we're going to teach them to deal with real problems is by. Uh, helping to, them to manage lesser problems. And, and in some cases, maybe we create some hardship for them. And so when they are getting too comfortable, particularly when it comes, like, I just don't understand why it's so hard with these electronics, like just take them away. <laughs> you know, we like, yeah. we, we do it all the time and, and they survive just fine. And so, uh, maybe better. Right. And so, um, and, and it's almost one of those things where, like we have to overcome the laziness we might feel because you know when they have their device they're out of our hair they're leaving us alone if you aren't making life difficult for them if you're giving them everything they want you're you're damaging them yes so in order to teach them to be nonconformist like you you have to create that stress if the world isn't doing it all by itself already yeah. i would say so that's some things that, that we have to we have to overcome and if we can't overcome just the the basic influences of the world uh, materialism immediate gratification there's no I, I don't see how we can possibly so if, if we if we if we don't like deny ourselves certain things and and, and deny our children certain things or, or comforts how, how are we how can we possibly be preparing them or ourselves for harder things mm-hmm. whether those things are you know persecution which obviously is is very possible or i'm definitely hearing the yeah what's going now. on now yeah i don't know finish this up and yeah it. yeah it's, it's kind of, it might it might be on on my side yeah because yeah mine definitely sounds different anyway <laughs> speaking of things to overcome tech issues mm. whether the harder things that have to be overcome are persecution or just something else like 
sickness. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're just not, well, whatever the hardship that lies in the future happens to be, because everybody has hardship of some sort in the present, whether we're conscious of it or not, and there's hardship coming, whether we have any inkling of it yet or not. We've got to, to love our love our families, love our kids enough to to try to try to model that and to take these scriptures seriously yeah. and and get get ready for the things that must be overcome. Yep. Well said. Close us out. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time of study and we thank you for uh, the many luxuries, the many um, just niceties that we have in our society and this, the, the ability to do this and to reach so many people, God. We pray that you help us to use this as an instrument uh, for you, God. Pre- help us to transform this this medium into something that is, is useful to you, useful to your church. God, we help, ask that you be with us. Give us strength. Uh, give us the, the resolve to uh, train ourselves, train our families to endure hardship so that when the real challenges come that we are... We're, we're, we're equipped. We thank you for Jesus, and we thank you for uh, his love, his His time on this earth, his sacrifice, and uh, his death and resurrection. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Now we'll figure the bugs out, right? <laughs>